Well, welcome everybody to the water cooler. I'm David Brody. Glad you're along for the ride. It's Friday, November 20th, 2020, and we continue to creep closer and closer to a constitutional iceberg right ahead. Today, White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany delivered a smackdown to the media, especially when it comes to hypocrisy and what's going on with this election. There are real questions on mass mail-out voting. We have put those questions forward, um, and uh, we've said this for the better part of a year. There was a bipartisan commission uh, that talked about and identified the real potential for fraud uh, with mass mail-in voting. Also, um, something that I would note is just we talked a lot about transfer of power in the election, and it's worth remembering um, that this president was never given an orderly transition of power. Um, his presidency was never accepted. Um, in fact, before uh, the election, his election, we know Crossfire Hurricane was launched by Peter Strzok to pursue a baseless allegations about the president's ties with Russia. Uh, that's before he was president, trying to subvert the will of the American people. We know in August, Peter Strzok wrote a text message about an insurance policy against a Trump presidency, once again trying to silence the voice of the American people. Um, in 2016, we know in October that there was a FISA warrant, a FISA warrant taken out to spy on the Trump campaign. And then the American people spoke, and they spoke commandingly in electing President Trump, despite all of the odds. And what happened after he was elected? You had 70 lawmakers say, we're not coming to his inauguration, Democratic lawmakers. You had Elizabeth Warren saying, we're going to attempt to obstruct the Trump transition by urging the Government Accountability Office to investigate uh, the incoming Trump transition. Um, in January of that year, you had President Obama have a by-the-book meeting where they talked about the Logan Act, using that act to go after Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Just before the inauguration, you had BuzzFeed promoting and publishing this bogus steel dossier that's been widely debunked. And then for two years, you had the basis Mueller investigation, which searched for collusion, found none, and exonerated President Trump. While in 2016, President Trump became the duly elected president, many sought to undermine him, discredit him, delegitimize him, and deny his victory. There were no calls for unity. There were no calls for healing. So while every legal vote is counted, let us not forget the inexcusable transition or lack thereof that President Trump had to endure in 2016 and for years into his presidency. Thank you, everyone, for the very good and substantive questions today. I don't call an activist. Oh, I don't call on activists. <laughs> Lots of post-election 2020 developments by way to discuss today. The results in Georgia are in, uh, and the, the results there have been certified, so now what? And also, how about that Rudy Giuliani and all the president's lawyers' press conference yesterday? Uh, when will the Kraken uh, be released? Uh, looking forward to seeing what's going to happen there. And also, why is the media silent on the evidence of voter fraud? They say there's no real evidence. Well, Look, look what we're showing you right there. We're going to read you parts of a sworn affidavit today uh, on the show, something the national media, media clearly says doesn't exist. And look, folks, I, I mean, I've got news for you. CNN's not doing this. I've got the affidavit right here. Uh, and, and look, there's one and there's two. Actually, it's three. That's four. Well, I got a, I got a whole bunch of them right here. Media's never going to do that. Anyhow, uh, no evidence, right? Well, okay, no evidence right here. Someone hand me the Tums. Uh, first, let's head down to Georgia to get the latest on what's happening down there. Real America's Voice correspondent Heather Mullins uh, has been following the recount all week. Heather, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. 
Thanks, David. Uh, I want to want to talk about one county in particular to start off with here in Georgia, and that is Floyd County. Now, Floyd County, right? Voters went in on election day, cast their votes. Some did early voting, some did absentee voting. Uh, there's like 10 million ways to vote uh, apparently in 2020. Uh, so what ended up happening is the Secretary of State ordered statewide hand recount. Hand recount found about 2,700 or so votes that the voting machines did not send up to the Secretary of State's office the first time. Well, so what ended up happening is the following day there was an investigation. They sent two Dominion software reps out to, to investigate the software. Election board members were there. I got a ton of footage of what was going on. Uh, they were digging through ballots. They ended up having a bipartisan group count all of the voter affidavits so that they could have a better idea of how many people voted in person. Uh, and the two Dominion software reps specifically requested a recount of the absentee and provisional ballots uh, from a particular precinct, right? So then after those were scanned in, the new number showed that the Secretary of State's office was off 3,055 votes. Now, so this is two totally different numbers. You have the hand count that said 2,700 votes were off, and then the rescan that says 3,055 votes are off. So now we're, we're, we're asking these questions. GOP chair of Floyd County, Luke Martin, said, where did those extra 400 votes come from? So this is what's happening in Floyd County, Georgia right now. And I, I have an interview on my Twitter feed from board members specifically saying this is not a memory card issue. And so when we see the Secretary of State releasing a press release, basically saying that all voting machines uh, went smoothly and the only issues were memory cards not being uploaded, that is not the case in Floyd County. Right. And yet these results are now, I guess, officially certified in the state of Georgia. And I know there's a push by the Trump campaign to say, wait, let's see the signatures. Hold on. Let's get some matching signatures here as well. Right, Heather? Yeah, absolutely. And I can I can say that with this hand recount, there was no signature verification as part of that risk limiting audit process. None of that took place. I was at Fulton County when they were doing their recount uh, and I was told in Floyd County that also didn't take place. And so it's really, really these numbers that we're getting, the, the discrepancies, those are all discrepancies from just the votes that exist, let alone when you go and you filter out all the fraudulent votes that could potentially be in there. So there's so many problems here in Georgia that I don't know how anyone in good faith could certify these results. And yet at the same time, the governor, Brian Kemp, I wonder how much he, he's going to be taking down there because he could get involved technically. I think he has until what, Saturday or something along those lines. Anyhow, he could get involved, but it doesn't sound like he's going to do that at all. No, and, and here's what's even crazier is while I was there, there was actually some people, uh, a woman who's a Rome Rome County or Rome City Commissioner, and she was giving a statement to the press. And she actually was telling reporters that it's been confirmed that Floyd County was a human error issue. Well, then when I went to go interview her saying, hey, maybe she knows something I don't, let me interview her uh, as an investigative reporter. And when I spoke to her, she had not one uh, concrete piece of evidence. She couldn't even say for sure who was responsible. Uh, and come to find out, she's actually one of the Democratic electors for Joe Biden here in the state of Georgia. So for me, I have to say, how are these people it, like morally getting away with this, right? Because even those 3,055 votes, a thousand of those were for Democrats. So you're kind of, you know, doing a disservice to even the people that went in on election day and voted for Joe Biden. Their votes weren't counted either. 
And so this is something that should really concern absolutely everyone who voted in the 2020 election, because if your vote's not counting, that's a problem. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Heather, let me just turn real quick to uh, Mike Pence. I know he was down there today. You were there. Uh, uh, he's down there for uh, basically these Senate seats that the, the GOP desperately needs. What can you tell me about what you saw out there today with Pence? Uh, well, they had a very huge crowd of people out there. Uh, Vice President Pence came out. He wanted to have a save the majority rally because that's what this is about. These two Senate races, people are saying, are going to determine who controls the Senate, which is going to shape the next four years of American politics. We've seen very different ideologies from the two parties. I mean, Raphael Warnock, who's running against Kelly Loeffler, uh, you know, like we talked about before, had Fidel Castro coming to his church back in 1995. And these Democrats are pushing things like, you know, a four to six week shutdown. We've already seen top Biden officials say they want to shut down the, uh, the country to help with the COVID pandemic for four to six weeks in January. Now, remember that whole two weeks to flatten the curve turned into about three to four months. Well, who's to say that four to six weeks in January doesn't also turn into three to four months? So this is what we're up against here in America. And these are, this is why these two Senate races are such a big deal down here. Yeah. What is your sense? Is, is, is it hard to tell right now as to how these might break? I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of money put in uh, by Democrats and, of course, Republicans, too. But that, that national money from Democrats is coming in. I'm sure it's pouring in. Yeah, so I actually spoke to someone today at the, the Pence rally uh, who worked for the David Perdue campaign. And I asked him, are there going to be any lawsuits filed? Because David Perdue got 49.75%. He needed 50%. Now we're seeing these 3,000 or so votes in Floyd County that weren't counted. Well, if you add those numbers up, there was also votes in Fayette County and Walton County. If you add those uncounted votes, could it potentially on the Senate races put David Perdue over that 50 percent? So they said that they are going to be filing some lawsuits. So that'll be uh, certainly something to follow. All right. Uh, Heather Mullins, really appreciate your time down there in uh, the great state of Georgia. Thank you. Great, great work down there, by the way. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, David. All right. Yeah. So uh, Heather's uh, video got tweeted out by the president. She was down there in Fulton County and they just saw, I don't know, uh, quite a few uh what was it? Like uh, quite a few boxes of uh, ballots down there. Like, oh, look, we forgot to count those. Fantastic. Uh, so uh, Heather has been doing some great reporting down there. Now, later in the show, we're going to remember I held this up earlier, right? So these are this is just one of the many, many I've got. Actually, they're all all over my desk here. Uh, one of many down in Detroit and just quite frankly, across the country, sworn affidavits, many of them in Michigan. Uh, that the Trump campaign has actually received from election workers uh, who say uh, they saw voter fraud. They actually were asked to either change ballots. Uh, when I say change ballots, change the date on absentee ballots. Uh, there were people coercing uh, folks to vote for Joe Biden right there. They saw it in front of their eyes, and it just go on and on. Uh, but once again, the media is not covering any of that. We are going to do quite a bit of that. Uh, today on the show. So I just want you to understand that it's important uh, here at the water cooler and justthenews.com, obviously, uh, that we actually bring you the affidavit, the actual news, because that's exactly what it's all about. Because we are in the news business. We're not in the elect Joe Biden or elect Donald Trump business. That's not what we're doing. We're just going to show it to you straight. All right, we're back in a moment. Uh, we've got Stephanie Rawlings-Blake coming up, the former mayor of Baltimore, uh, and a lot more on the show. We're back in a moment. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, while Trump and MAGA Nation continue to insist there will be, uh, that he will, he will remain president, uh, I know it's, it's, it's one universe, and then there's the other universe that we continue to cover, which is this universe where there are many others saying, hello, it's President-elect Biden. Did you not get the memo? And uh, one of those folks is Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, uh, the former mayor of Baltimore, and a uh, big fan of Joe Biden and, uh, and all of what's going about to happen. Uh, Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, always great to see you, and thanks for coming back on the show. It's my pleasure, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of democracy and our Constitution as well. All right. Well, you know, well, that's interesting. So let's talk about that because Rudy Giuliani and some of these Trump lawyers also are, they say, big fans of democracy. Uh, and they want the, the system to play out, make sure that every, they say, legal vote is counted. What do you make of what's going on here? Because this continues to go on and it's not going to end anytime soon, Stephanie. I think it is um, borderline disgraceful uh, for, number one, an attorney uh, to, um, to give really false information. So he's saying one thing in front of the cameras, and then they, when they go into court, they're saying they're not alleging that there's a widespread fraud. So we have to think about this. This is not just about uh, someone's bruised, fragile ego. This is about our democracy, our country that is not an island. We exist in the world, a world where we are supposed to be the standard bearers for free and fair elections, a standard bearers for democracy. Yet we are not, we are allowing the Republicans not to call the election based on nothing but speculation. How do you think this looks in the eyes of the world? How, what credibility do we have as a democracy when we allow this to happen? Stephanie, you call it speculation. The Trump campaign will say, but we have evidence of fraud. We have signed affidavits. We have many of them are public of, of people saying, for example, in Wayne County, Detroit, and I go on. So, so clearly there's fraud that took place. The question now becomes how widespread is it and do they have the votes to overturn, right? So an affidavit is not a fact of fraud. Um, and, and let's just think about this as well. Republicans and Democrats in this country care about free and fair elections and care about fraud. And in those places where you're talking about, Republican elected officials themselves are saying that there was no fraud. There was no uh, widespread fraud. There was no uh, fraud that would overturn uh, the election. So to say that a stack of affidavits is the equivalent of a widespread fraud that should upend our uh, voting process is ludicrous. And moreover, if there was evidence, if there was proof, it would be out in the open and all of us would see it because it's just that serious. The fact that the only people that are uh, claiming that these affidavits are uh, evidence of fraud are a handful of the most loyal of Trump loyalists. Not any, you don't hear any of the, the, the sitting senators, any governors uh, holding up these affidavits as proof of fraud. You have to consider who is saying this. 
But should, should, I mean, affidavits are evidence, basically. I mean, shouldn't we find, uh, if there is fraud, I mean, to support democracy, shouldn't an audit take place? That, uh, there shouldn't be a problem with that, right? I mean, Shouldn't we find if there's a leprechaun running around Michigan uh, burning ballots? I mean, that's what it sounds like, because someone swore that they saw a leprechaun. That's what this amounts to. Um, if there were actual fraud, as I said before, not speculations, not um, placating a bruised ego, if there were actual fraud, it would be blasted on every network around, not just this country, but around the world. Because again, we are the standard bearer for free and fair elections. The fact that th there's only the speculation, only these uh, affidavits that exist in uh, the briefcases of the Giuliani team, th th that is the, 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 the point that I want to make, yeah. there is no fraud. There, there, is, there was an election that was deemed to be the most secure election in our history. And in a uh, president-elect has been declared, a president-elect that has been um, accepted worldwide by leaders around the, um, the world and in this country as a president-elect. And it's time for our president and the Republican Party to get on board. All right. Well, to be continued on that, I'm sure we'd love to have you back on that. But I do want to bring in uh, back to the Biden administration, mm -hmm. which, you know, a lot of folks will say, hold on on the I, I don't I have to cover it like this. You know, some people say Biden administration and some people say not so fast. But let, let's assume there'll be a Biden administration. Black Lives Matter. Uh, they went ahead and had this uh, memo that they sent and we have it up there. Uh, and in that memo, this is what they said. Uh, in short, they said, uh, black people won this election alongside black-led organizations around the nation. Black Lives Matter invested heavily in this election. Vote and organize became our motto, and our electoral justice efforts reached more than 60 million voters. And here's what they say, Stephanie. We want something for our vote. So what is your sense of what that something is exactly? So I can't speak to what the Black Lives Matter um, movement wants, but I will say that, you know, what do they say? It's, it's success, uh, victory has many uh, many authors, many many mothers. So there, there are many people who were a part of this winning coalition for the Biden administration. And what I know is that uh, Vice, I mean, President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris believe in a big tent, and we want to move the country forward in an inclusive and equitable way. We're not the the administration will not hide from our country's history of racism, and will not um, will not shy away from doing the hard work to get a, get our country to move forward. And I think um, the, the Black Lives Matter movement and there's so many other uh, organizations, grassroots organizations around the country will have a seat at the table and a voice uh, in this new uh, administration moving forward. So you expect uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to meet with them, I would think, at some point here in the near future, right? Uh, you know, I don't want to put a timeline on it. I mean, you have to understand you're talking about near future and they can't even get their official transition started. So uh, I think the, the, the timeline is impacted by our current president's refusal to acknowledge reality. I think it hurts. Uh, obviously, a lot of people think it hurts Biden uh, that uh, the transition process hasn't moved along smoothly. But a lot of pe people are also saying, you know, it, it'll be all fine, ultimately. Your thought? 30 seconds? I think that that's a, it's a lie. Uh, the 9-11 Commission said very clearly that the, the, uh, the, the late transition cost us in uh, our ability to defend our country. We need to remember that. We have enemies in this world, and we cannot allow our, our security, the security of our country, uh, to be damaged and to be weakened 
by a, um, a sore loser. Stephanie Rollings-Blake, love to have you back on the show. Thanks so much for the insight. Love it. All right, uh, oh, get, getting all viewpoints here at the water cooler, that's what we do. You know why? Because here's what we do at justthenews.com. We talk to the left, we talk to the right, we talk to the middle, we talk to my mother, you know, well, <laughs> my mother. <laughs> Actually, we don't. We're still trying to get an interview with her. Back in a moment. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. What's the name of the show? Water Cooler. Got it. Okay. Uh, look, we are just the news.com. Uh, that's kind of the brand, right? That's who we are. So you know what? I have an idea. Let's give you just the news, uh, as in affidavits, as in Jesse Jacob. Uh, a Detroit city election worker, there is the affidavit that she submitted under penalty of perjury. She could go to jail if she is lying. And we have it right here. And we want to read you some of this because guess what? CNN? Yeah, right. They're not going to read this on the air, but we will. So here we go. This is what she says of what happened in Wayne County, uh, Detroit. Did I say Wayne County? Yeah, Wayne County in Detroit. Uh, here, here, here we go. I processed absentee ballot packages to be sent to voters while I worked at the election headquarters in September 2020, along with 70 to 80 other poll workers. I was instructed by my supervisor to adjust the mailing date of these absentee ballot packages to be dated earlier than they were actually sent. The supervisor was making announcements for all workers to engage in this practice. She goes on. She says, at the satellite location, I processed voter registrations and issued absentee ballots for people to vote in person at the location. I directly observed on a daily basis City of Detroit election workers and employees coaching and trying to coach voters to vote for Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. I witnessed these workers and employees encouraging voters to do a straight Democrat ballot. I witnessed these election workers and employees going over to the voting booths with voters in order to watch them vote and coach them for whom to vote. She goes on. During the last two weeks while working at the satellite location, I was specifically instructed by my supervisor not to ask for a driver's license or any photo ID when a person was trying to vote. I observed a large number of people who came to the satellite location to vote in person, but they had already applied for an absentee ballot. These people were allowed to vote in person and were not required to return the mailed absentee ballot or sign an affidavit that the voter lost the mailed absentee ballot. I worked at the satellite location until the polls closed on November 3rd, 2020 at 8 o'clock and properly completed the entry of all absentee ballots into the QVF, that's the uh, qualified voter file, by 8.30 p.m. I then reported to work at the TCF Center on November 4th, 2020 at 8.30 a.m. the next morning to process ballots. I was instructed not to validate any ballots and not to look for any deficiencies in the ballots. Absentee ballots that were received in the mail would have the voter signature on the envelope. 
While I was at the TCF Center, I was instructed not to look at any of the signatures on the absentee ballots, and I was instructed not to compare the signature on the absentee ballot with the signature on file. On November 4, 2020, that's the day after the election, I was instructed to improperly predate the absentee ballots to receive date that were not in the QFV, uh, Q, excuse me, QVF, as if they had been received on or before November 3rd, 2020. I was told to alter, hello, alter the information in the QVF to falsely show that the absentee ballots had been received in time to be valid. I estimate this was done to thousands of ballots. The above information is, the tr is true to the best of my information, knowledge, and belief, and that is signed Jesse Jacob, city worker, in Detroit. And by the way, that's one affidavit out of, oh, I don't know. I don't, let, let me go through. I don't know. There's like one. There's two. There's three. There's four. I, I have, okay, here's the thing. There's like almost 300 affidavits. And by the way, a couple hundred of them are for public consumption. You can go and check them all out just like I did. You can read them. Hey, CNN, you can read them, all of that. They're not doing that. We're doing it here at the water cooler. Uh, Jenna Ellis had a few things to say the other day at that press conference about uh, some of the shenanigans put on by the media. Have a look. So what you have heard, I'm sure, in the fake newspapers tomorrow will be one of two things. Either there was not sufficient evidence that we've presented or we spoke too long. Okay, so what you've heard now is an, basically an opening statement. This is what you can expect to see when we get to court to actually have a full trial on the merits, to actually show this evidence in court and prove our case. This is not a law and order episode where everything is neatly wrapped up in 60 minutes. For those of you who are here in this room or have maybe tuned out in other networks, clearly you've never been court reporters. Trials take time. Putting on evidence takes time. This is basically an opening statement so the American people can understand what the networks have been hiding and what they refuse to cover because all of your fake news headlines are dancing around the merits of this case and are trying to delegitimize what we are doing here. Let me be very clear that our objective is to make sure to preserve and protect election integrity. President Trump has been saying from day one that this is about maintaining free and fair elections in this country. It is not about overturning an outcome. It is about making sure that election integrity is preserved. And every American should want that. I believe that's when she went, boom, I'm out. Jenna Ellis, I'm out. Uh, look, I'm going to have a lot more to say about the media's role uh, in how they are covering, or really, let's be honest, not covering this election voter fraud story uh, a little later in the uh, show. But I've been asked this question quite frequently, and that is this. When is this all going to end? When will this go to the Supreme Court? What will eventually happen? And will it all be wrapped up by this December 14th deadline? Look, let's be honest, folks. Uh, that's exactly what the Trump campaign does not want. They don't want this wrapped up by December 14th. Because if you wrap it up, I'm talking about the court battles. If you wrap up the court battles by December 14th, then indeed you'll have some sort of result. You'll have potential certification at that point. And once you have certification, game over. Uh, that's it. Uh, then Joe Biden would become president-elect and then eventually president of the United States. And that's exactly what the Trump campaign is trying to avoid. And so, therefore, this actual court battle 
they, the Trump campaign, hopes will go past December 14th. And once again, just to remind you, do a little primer regarding why I keep saying December 14th. That's the day that the electors, the actual electors, will vote. December 8th is the safe harbor day. That's when electors are named. So really, it's more like December 8th. And that's why once we're into December 14th and beyond, then certification comes into play. Will these states actually certify their results? And that's what we wait uh, to find out. And in the meantime, the Trump campaign must produce the evidence. Look, they keep talking about releasing the Kraken. Knock yourself out. That's great. Well, let's get Kraken on the Kraken. Uh, let's see the evidence. Uh, and, you know, Sydney Powell says she has it. Uh, but at some point, you're going to have to show it, reveal the hand, if you will, like it's uh, like a poker game. Uh, and that should come, at least we're waiting, until December 14th. We'll see. We're back in a moment. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, look, we had her on the program, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, just so informative, really good. How to have her back on. Uh, Kylie Jane Kramer, Executive Director of Women for America First, uh, back on the show to talk, uh, well, my goodness, uh, Trump, uh, election voter fraud in Georgia and all that. Uh, so, Kylie, great to see you again. Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me back. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, why don't we begin? I, I want to get to Georgia in a moment, but tell me a little bit about what's coming next, because I know you there at Women for America First, you've got some, some plans, especially with this bus tour. I want to hear a little bit more about that. Yes, so we were so grateful to have such a tremendous outpouring of people show up in D.C. last Saturday um, for the March for Trump event here. And we, you know, the momentum was just building and people were so excited. We announced that we were doing the next March for Trump December 12th here in Washington, D.C., starting at Freedom Plaza, marching to Capitol Hill. And the reason that we decided that was because that's where the electoral delegation will be meeting um, on December 14th. And the momentum and people coming from all across the country is still building. So we decided that we were going to do a bus tour, the March for Trump bus tour. So we will be kicking that off in South Florida, November 29th. And we'll be going all up through the West Coast over to Michigan and Minnesota and Wisconsin, over through Ohio, Pennsylvania, back down and end up in D.C. on December 12th for the big event. And we could not be more excited. We've partnered with Mark, Mike Lindell and MyPillow. And also each event will be broadcast on Right Side Broadcasting everywhere that we hold an event. So we're truly excited. And, you know, we hope that we have a whole caravan. People have already been reaching out that they're going to have their own buses to, um, that are going to be following us just full of people from event to event leading up to the big event here in D.C. And we could not be more excited about it. Kylie, let me ask you what the purpose of all of this will be, because it started with count the legal votes. Uh, I see behind you audit the vote. Uh, and now we're kind of moving into potentially a constitutional challenge here as it relates to state legislatures and what they may do here as it relates to the Electoral College and the actual electors being chosen. So what do you want that bus tour to accomplish ultimately here? Well, listen, we believe that this is probably going to go all the way to the Supreme Court. That's why Last weekend, we marched to the Supreme Court. So we're going to let the legal process take its course. And, you know, the wheels of justice sometimes turn slowly. 
But the people want to be out and to be having their voices heard that they do stand with the president and that they want their legal votes counted. So we are having mobilizing them to be calling and putting on pressure on their state legislators, what's going on in Georgia and in Michigan. I mean, you know, we're in very uncharted territory here and people are very fed up. And so what we want to do is give them an opportunity to be a part of something and to have momentum um, leading into this big event that we're not backing down. We're not going away. They cannot ignore us. They can threaten people, dox people, whatever they want to do to make the election go their way. But we're stronger standing together. And just like we saw last weekend, we had a tremendous effect where they cannot, you know, back down. Our people will not back down. So that's really what we're looking forward to is just having everybody have a voice. I think that people are also missing the president's rallies. Um, and we also just want the president to know that we are still here because I'm sure he's downtrodden. Look, last weekend, he did a little drive by around Freedom Plaza and you should have seen the smile on his face. He was so excited. And I'm sure that's because he feels like the entire world is against him. And that's just not the case. And so we're standing loud and we're out here and we'll be carrying that voice all the way to Washington, D.C. through some of these battleground states. Kylie, when Donald Trump uh, became president, there was a huge movement out there. Hashtag not my president. I, I wonder if Joe Biden does end up becoming president, if there's not going to be half the country that feels exactly the same way. Well, listen, he's still not president elect Joe Biden. So I don't even know how we get to the point where he is president because we haven't even said that he's won the electoral college yet. So I just think that we just need to wait and let the legal process work itself out. I have every faith in Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and, and Lynn Wood. Um, I don't think that they would put their careers on the line um, to say that they have evidence to back up corruption and voter fraud if they did not have it. So we're just going to have to let the puzzle, you know, let it all fall how it will and see where we end up. But I don't even want to think about President uh Biden, because I think that that's a little hard for anybody to swallow right now. Yeah. So just on the Sydney Powell situation and Dominion voting systems and all that, you, you're saying that uh, you, you believe that that is somehow some way going to going to surface and get out there, whatever that is. We don't know what that is at this point. Correct. But I don't believe that she would not go out and say anything that she cannot prove. She's a very distinguished career. Um, and we've seen that, especially with General Flynn on the big stage across the country lately. But she is a very um, she's a very reputable attorney. And I have every faith in her that if she says something that she can prove it. So we will just have to see what the whole process is and what, when that comes out. And I think the American people have faith in her as well. Talk to me about Georgia uh, before we let you go. Uh, you're obviously from that state. Uh, look, the secretary of state who calls himself a Trump supporter says he's going to certify the results uh, today. So what, what do you make of the, the the information coming out of Georgia and what the next step there is? Because Governor Kemp still ha could potentially get involved down there. Absolutely. And being a lifelong Georgian, I am really disappointed in our governor and the secretary of state. Where are they? Why are they not calling for a special session? Um, I know people are down there rallying. They've started earlier this week. Um, I honestly, I have no words because I am truly disappointed and it hurts my heart very much. So same thing with Kelly Leffler. You know, she hasn't really been out there supporting the president. And I'm not quite sure why. She said that she was the bigger supporter between her and Doug Collins, yet Kelly's MIA. Um, so I don't really know what to say about it. I think that there is some funny business that's going on. Lynn Wood has you know, filed um, several things there. Sidney Powell, again, is involved there. So we're just going to see how it all plays out. I hope that the chatter that we're hearing behind the scenes about Brian Kemp and the Secretary of State is wrong. But 
If it's wrong, where are they? Why aren't they calling for this special election? I think there'll be a political price to pay for Governor Kemp, possibly, uh, or the Secretary of State, or for that matter, who knows? Kelly Loeffler, I mean, if she's going to kind of waffle, so to speak, on this, that, that might be a problem, too. Exactly. And, you know, these two Senate seats are so important to keep the Senate um, for Republican hold. And I just don't know when Kelly is not coming out supporting um, the constituents of Georgia, I don't know how she expects us to get out and work for her. Um, you know, we, there has already been a divide between the Collins people and Kelly Leffler, but everyone who voted for Collins has come on board and said, we want to support Kelly Leffler because we want a Republican to hold this seat. But she has not embraced us, and she certainly has not been out there seemingly fighting for any Georgian to have every legal vote, vote that was cast counted and every illegal vote that was yeah. cast thrown out. And that's just very disappointing. Kyla Jane Kramer, Executive Director of Women for America First. Great to see you again, and hopefully we'll see you again real soon. Thank you so much, David. See you soon. All right. Sounds good. Kylie Kramer uh, here on the water cooler. There and here on the water cooler. What do you know? I'm never, I've never been good at grammar, by the way. Uh, when we come back, uh, here's something the media's not very good at, credibility. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. And I want to start here. The national media is morally corrupt. Real journalism dead in America. There have been real cases of voter fraud during this election, and the national leftist media is twiddling their thumbs. In short, they're not doing their job. And this is Rudy Giuliani from yesterday. I know you keep reporting falsely that we have no evidence, that we have no specific acts of fraud. That's because the coverage of this has been almost as dishonest as the scheme itself. The American people are entitled to know this. You don't have a right to keep it from them. You don't have a right to lie about it. You know, Rudy Giuliani is 100% correct. But of course, instead of actually digging for evidence, the national leftists and the media have resorted to their usual playbook, ridicule. I mean, look at some of these tweets. Let's put some of these up on the screen. Look at this. Is Rudy actually crazy or just acting that way for money and attention? That's from John Harwood. Let's keep going. Uh, Paul Denehar uh, writes this. Rudy Giuliani's press conference today on voter fraud was one of the, the wildest, most unsubstantiated diatribes I've ever listened to. And he goes on and on, and we'll just move on. Uh, Rich Lowry, well, that easily was the most outlandish press conference held by a team of lawyers representing the President of the United States. And then Jake Tapper, lie after lie after lie. No, Jake Tapper, the folks that are actually lying are you and your latte-sipping liberal Trump-bashing colleagues at CNN. Look, here's the deal. It is on the Trump campaign to prove their case. Of course, that's what they're in the process of doing by gathering evidence. In the meantime, how about CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, ABC, GVV, I don't know, and yeah, even Fox News, get off your collective tookuses and go do some good reporting. And let me give you a head start, by the way. Cue the evidence roll. We call it the release the Kraken roll, if you will. This is a starter list put together by the Donald.Win of local affiliates actually reporting on 2020 election voter fraud all over the country. Everything from printing errors that affect thousands of ballots in Wisconsin to nearly 30 states where voter registration is more than 100% to memory sticks in program machines that were stolen in Philly. Look, I haven't even mentioned the major questions surrounding Dominion voting systems and the Smartmatic software. So, hey, national me media, go do your job. Go win a Pulitzer Prize. Do some digging. Have some shoe leather. 
Journalism in this election is absolutely dead. So do your job. Come on, man, as Joe Biden would say. You and the national media have plenty of journalistic investigation time. Do it. Do it now. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. It's a Friday. We're almost at the end, but not before we check in with Daniel Payne from JustTheNews.com. Uh, hey, Daniel, uh, good to see you again, sir. You're on the show again. Dave. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks for having me back, Dave. Good to be here. Hey, I want to ask you about uh, an article you've got up about the Dominion voting systems. We've heard so much about it, but apparently there's this manual situation where uh, human uh, either error or who knows what could happen could come into play here with these systems. Tell me about that. Yeah, so what we found was um, uh, we found a contract posted online between the county of Santa Clara in California and Dominion Voting Systems. And one of the stipulations in that contract would be the county staffers would be allowed to manually adjust the vote tally based upon a review of scanned ballot images. And we spoke to an election official in Santa Clara County who said this is a pretty uh, standard part of the adjudication process of elections. Uh, these ballots uh, where there are unclear markings, or maybe there's a write-in candidate. Uh, the, the ballot itself is kicked over into this adjudication process where election workers can uh, review the image of the ballot and make the necessary corrections based upon what they see. So, um, you know, uh, th this election worker uh, said it was pretty standard. Dominion Voting Systems uh, advertises that feature on their website. What we found notable was that it was just um, what could possibly be uh, another moment of uh, another instance of uh, vulnerability uh, in these systems uh, where the reliability has been called into question. Yeah, for sure. And it just seems a little interesting there. I mean, th then what? So if the ballot's called into question, then we're into someone or what, a team of people are deciding at that point what the ballot, uh, is, how they determine the ballot? That seems a bit sketchy. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, she said that uh, it's usually two people working uh, to, to verify what the voter intent, as the, the phrase goes, was. Uh, if those individuals uh, can't decide on it, it's kicked up to a higher county official. Um, so there was this uh, emphasis here on this being a very, you know, uh, uh, diligent and thorough process. Uh, but it's certainly probably something not a lot of voters know, that there is this yeah. uh, built-in feature in these systems to, to manually adjust the tally in these cases. Well, Daniel Payne, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You too, Dad. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, Daniel Payne here on uh, The Water Cooler. Uh, by the way, coming Monday, Jim Vandehei, the uh, CEO there of Politico, he has a few choice words for the media. And boy, how the media has covered this election. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm going to feel a bit uh, crazy uh, when this is all over. Uh, you know, for example, like I think I would look kind of like, uh, oh, I don't know, like the Incredible Hulk, you know, kind of like, Right, right, boom, 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 there, like that. Have a good weekend.